0: We believe that uh, we are acting on corruption, talking reviving about, fears you're, of you're corruption at the, the highest
1: levels of government. Why not just it, investigate?
0: Uh, we have got to take painful decisions to rectify the economy.
1: More than two years ago, Zimbabwe and its longtime ruling ZANU PF party appeared to be turning a corner when Emerson Mnangagwa took office and promised a break from nearly four decades of Robert Mugabe's brutal authoritarian rule and economic mismanagement. But hopes for a quick recovery have been dashed. The country now faces the worst economic and humanitarian crisis in a decade. And critics question the political will to stamp out rampant corruption and human rights abuses. My guest this week is Zimbabwe's Minister of Foreign Affairs and International Trade, Sibosisu Moyu. As a former army chief, he was also the face of the military coup that propelled Mnangagwa to power. Will Zimbabwe ever be able to see genuine political and economic reform? Foreign Minister Siso Moyo, welcome to Conflict Zone. Thank you. You were the face of the military overthrow of Robert Mugabe back in 2017 as a commander You got on television in your uniform to assure the public of a stable transition Back then you were the heroes of the hour now You have an economy close to collapse with fuel food electricity shortages. Where is the hope in Zimbabwe right now?
0: Well, thank you very much, Sarah Yes, the change in 2017 and the advent of the current government, which is the second dispensation, was as a result of a lot of issues. But among those was the issue of the economy. And the Second Republic took over an economy which had been uh, in distress for many years for different reasons. Some of the reasons could be sanctions, And then some of the reasons uh, could be uh, that of uh, management. But let me say that there was hope and there is still hope because we have got to take painful decisions to rectify the economy from where it was. And these painful decisions are the ones which appear as if they are making people lose hope. But in reality, uh, they are getting things right
1: and I want to talk about you mentioned sanctions you mentioned management those are certainly issues that we're going to address but right now the IMF is saying that you're in an economic and humanitarian crisis the worst economic crisis in more than a decade against that backdrop Um, I'd like to talk about the priorities of your government right now because you have recently made headlines for splurging millions to purchase top-of-the-range vehicles for nearly 50 ambassadors across the globe, while the state is failing to pay civil servants a living wage. How can you justify such a spending spree when millions are facing hunger?
0: No, Sarah, the, the, the whole issue uh, is, is 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 based on the fundamentals. This economy has got very strong fundamentals. In fact, stronger fundamentals than what was there before and only the issues which we are reforming at the moment in as far as the economy is concerned is the uh, is to stabilize the currency it has been the currency which has caused uh, inflation but as you are aware We've introduced an auction system. But Mr. Uh, Foreign Minister, Dash just system, to bring it back to the issue, she, because
1: ultimately yeah. you purchase these vehicles. Um, and just to give our viewers a bit of context, they were between forty dollars and $50,000 per vehicle. Um, when we're talking about the average civil servant, this is the middle class in your economy, um, they are making the equivalent of $1.80 a day. And you're purchasing 40 dollars to $50,000 vehicles. Are you not out of tune with the priorities and the needs of your population? Wouldn't that money have been better spent elsewhere?
0: No. I, I'm not sure, Sarah, which vehicles you're talking about. Uh, the vehicles which... Um, the ones uh, that are, you announced before the parliamentary committee. We have had uh, to ensure that uh, our own diplomats uh, are mobile and that was quite a serious issue when we took over because the conditions of our diplomats externally was uh, a, a really state of uh, a, a, a collapse because they were uh, moving with ubers they were moving with uh, something which is not uh, uh, appropriate for an a diplomat who is assigned Uh, in a foreign mission and therefore buying vehicles for the diplomats was quite one of those uh, measures which we were taking to address uh, the situation of our diplomats. But, Foreign Minister, do you admit uh, that that it doesn't look good?
1: It doesn't look good in an economy where where 63 percent of the population live below the poverty line.
0: Yeah, but whatever the cost of uh, those vehicles was not necessarily the issue which has caused the economy to be where it is the economy has been like this we are changing we are reforming and we are undertaking specific uh, uh, key decisions which are orientating the economy and a key among them is the uh, stabilization of the exchange rate but we are also doing a lot of other economic reforms which ensures that even the investment investment community is uh, free to come in within our mantra of Zimbabwe is open for business.
1: Let's talk a little bit more about that mantra and those reforms that you have been making in order to get the economy back on track. Um, Because as you mentioned, you, you promised that the economy would be open for business. I'd like to begin on the economic front with your currency reforms, because a really big source of tension right now has been the reintroduction of your local currency Uh, last year after a decade of official use of the U.S. dollar. Very quickly, that local currency rapidly lost value. It sent prices rocketing, raising fears of renewed hyperinflation. Um, But you have been quoted as saying the following, that the return of the Zimbabwean dollar is basically stabilizing the economy from what it was. Is that really a message that's appropriate to send to the people of your country when the price of almost everything has ballooned? a loaf of bread can essentially gobble up a few weeks' pension?
0: Uh, Sarah, uh, the the scenario which is happening on the ground is that um, this economy had no monetary policy uh, 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 way of fixing it. It only had the fiscal fiscal side. And therefore, the two uh, weapon systems of uh, fixing the economy, both the fiscal and the monetary policy, had to be uh, uh, readjusted, and that's why we had to introduce our own currency, and our own currency is critical for our own people in terms of uh, economic planning and in terms of expenditure. Yes, we are facing uh, challenges uh, because of uh, the changes which are taking place, and uh, the, the the challenges have been that uh, our currency was uh, not stable. And therefore, we we have been taking measures, such measures, which are to stabilize our economy. And that's why we've introduced the...
1: Oh, excuse me, Foreign Minister. Um, I just wanted to follow up with you and ask you because to address some of this criticism, though, and the way that you rolled out this currency, because we have economists saying that you rushed to reintroduce it without the backing of a a foreign currency. The IMF cites missteps in foreign exchange and monetary reforms that have failed to restore confidence. Chatham House also saying that it has had limited results. Um, Do you have any regrets?
0: Uh, Not at all. In fact, uh, it is appropriate and it was an appropriate decision that we introduced our own currency uh, so that our own currency can operate side by side with uh, foreign exchange uh, operations. And that has been uh, the desire uh, of this government. So we are not necessarily uh, trying to eliminate. Remember, we have been in this dollarization period. Uh, for some time before and uh, this dollarization period ended up when there was there were cash shortages when there were issue a lot of issues which were totally outside the control and the purview of uh the uh, uh, uh of the monetary authorities because of that it was important that we reintroduce our currency and our currency which is okay uh, supposed to operate side by side with the, the, the US dollar.
1: Just briefly, Foreign Minister, I'd like to ask you, um, because you mentioned in the beginning of our conversation that one of, one of the um, ills that is affecting your economy is sanctions. Um, we've actually had your president saying that their yeah. impact on our daily lives is immeasurable, that the consequences are dire. But are they really because, um, or is your, just, your government just continuing to perpetuate um, a false narrative here as a convenient scapegoat? The United States, for example, says they only have 141 individuals or, com- or companies singled out in your country right now, in a country of 16 million.
0: Not at all, Sarah. The whole gamut of sanctions to this country has caused serious and unintended consequences. I have always called it a, a weapon of mass destruction because the data which exists now is a, 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 a statutory uh, uh, instrument or an act on Zimbabwe specifically, and that it shall not access any external support uh, from either the IMF, World Bank, or, or other uh, international financial institutions. And because of that, it means that the risk of a uh, uh, perceived risk of this country, whenever there is that hanging aspect of a sanction, means it, it is higher. It deters investors who would like to come into this country uh, despite the fact that Zimbabwe is open for business, which has been propagated by uh, President Emerson Ngagwa. And therefore, we we believe that uh, the sanctions are now irrelevant in as far as uh, the situation in Zimbabwe is concerned. But they are causing untold sufferings, not probably to the even leadership, but particularly to the total mass uh, population and the people.
1: And that, sir, is refuted by the European Union and the United States. Mm. Um, However, I would just like to ask you, because you're continuing with this narrative, and by blaming the West for your country's problems, aren't you actually shooting yourself in the foot? I mean, you mentioned that you need foreign capital, because the truth is you need re-engagement in order to improve your economy, which is saddled with billions of dollars in debt.
0: At the advent of the Second Republic, uh, President Mnagaba clearly articulated his foreign policy objectives. And that was re-engagement and engagement. Basically, he was saying we must be a friend to everyone. And that we must be an enemy to no one. And that Zimbabwe was open for business. And the whole uh, objective of that process was to ensure that we are members of the family of nations who can trade and who can uh, uh, allow even any companies, particularly from the West, to come in and invest in Zimbabwe. And we're still encouraging, and that has been our objectives and our drive, to ensure that Mm. companies from the US, from European Union, from all these countries, from Germany, should come into Zimbabwe so that they can be able uh, uh, to invest and uh, take opportunities. And I've been saying that Zimbabwe uh, is probably uh, uh, presenting uh, 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 the best investment opportunity primary investment opportunities for early movers uh, in the international community however now that if um, yeah.
1: that investment for many international partners, one of the precursors for that is the fact that many want you to tackle corruption in your country. Um, On July 11th, President Mnangagwa, he once again, he declared war on corruption, as he did in 2017 post uh, his takeover speech and in his inaugural speech after the 2018 election. So I would like to ask you, why should Zimbabweans and the international community believe that these are more than just shallow phrases? I mean, they're phrases that have been around for a while.
0: These are not just phrases the president when he uh, 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 particularly made his statement on the anti-corruption day was clear and uh, in terms of direction which we're talking in terms of corruption and the uh, corruption is something which we are acting on and not just uh, uh, something which is theoretical and you are aware that already uh, 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 two cabinet ministers have been uh, arraigned But how is it not theoretical? um,
1: How is it not theoretical, Mr. Foreign Minister, when you've had when you've had more than two years in office and several arrests have been made, but there have been no convictions to date. No convictions to date. I mean, even the president acknowledges that there is a so-called catch and release system in place.
0: Yes. Remember, we have got separation of powers between the executive ourselves and the judiciary, and therefore. Uh, when people have been arrested and have been charged and everything it is then there the is a responsibility of uh, the judiciary to handle the cases, particularly the prosecution side, so that it then deals with the cases uh, which are they are being uh, given a, a, a court dates and they are being appearing in courts at the moment and we believe that uh, we are acting on corruption and not. Uh, uh, theorizing the whole uh, uh, process as one many people believe, in fact, it is the first time that uh, corruption has been handled head on in this country uh, than ever before
1: okay so let 's look at a very high profile case, a concrete case on corruption, um, and that is the case of Kunda Tagviri. he is the boss of Sakunda Holdings. Um, it is said to have purchased buses from a Chinese company and then resold them to the government at twice the price. It's costing your citizens a lot of money. He apparently made a $54 million profit here. Um, Tell us, is this an an example of the type of business practice that needs to be investigated? Because there's talk that he got this contract without a proper process of procurement.
0: I think that is a a misinformed position as far as we're concerned. And if there's been any, Uh, 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 such kind of complaint. It should have been reported to to the Zimbabwe Anti-Corruption Commission. Uh, but that has not It been, has
1: been reported to the Anti-Corruption Commission. The Two of, of, of your it. former youth leaders, in fact, reported it to your Anti-Corruption Commission. The IMF uh, reportedly also privately warned Zimbabwe that the state payouts of Sekunda were, quote, undermining trust in the economy, are, pushing it to Sarah, the brink, reviving about, fears are, of corruption at the, the highest levels of government. Why not just it, investigate?
0: Uh, Is it because he's
1: politically connected?
0: Not at all. In fact, uh, uh, if you are talking about the issue of buses, those buses uh, were, were bought from a, 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 an agent who is the supplier of and the representative of the bus uh, company here in Zimbabwe, not even uh, 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 out of China direct, but through the agent who had supplied buses before into this country. And we has had a standing contract. And these buses were bought when ordered and ordered and delivered for that our transport system is efficient, more so under the COVID scenario. So because it sounds like no. It sounds like challenge. there won't be an investigation and,
1: uh, there. So, and so, everything's above. The, so, and, so, Mr. Foreign Minister, then let me ask you about another about case. About, let me ask you about another case um, where everything w- does not appear to be above board. We also have to mention um, this high profile case, which is uh, currently ongoing, that your health minister who was fired this month for inappropriate conduct after he was accused of illegally awarding a multi-million-dollar contract for covid-19 medical supplies. And just to give a reference point, these masks were apparently costing the government twenty eight dollars per mask. There's been public uproar over this. He's facing 15 years in prison if convicted. Will your citizens see real consequences?
0: Well, that is exactly the uh, uh, testimony of uh, how the anti-corruption drive in this country uh, is operating, because they, he has been arrested and he has been charged, and therefore it means... Uh, but will uh, he the be caught and when released? When an no, 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 no. It's not uh, being caught and released. Remember there's justice in this country. He is going to appear in court and every evidence is going to be presented and then it will be up to the judiciary uh, either to convict him or not. But that does not, uh, is not the responsibility of, uh, uh, of, of the executive.
1: Okay, Mr. Foreign Minister, I'd like to turn to another issue now, and that is the issue of human rights, Um, particularly the issue of freedom of assembly has been criticized in your country. Um, The president has said that everyone in Zimbabwe has the right to express themselves freely, to criticize, to protest. But I'd just like to bring in one example, because these are the protests back in early 2019. Um, Security forces responded reportedly with lethal force, killing at least 17 people, raping at least 17 women, shooting and injuring 81 people, arresting over 1,000 suspected protesters during door-to-door raids, that doesn't sound like an ideal condition for people to express themselves freely, or or, or does it to you?
0: Well, let me assure you, uh, Sarah, and uh, all the viewers, that um, this uh, government and the constitution of this country clearly articulates all the rights rights of freedom of assembly freedom of expression and uh, freedom of religion and and so on and uh, Besides that there's been quite a lot of emphasis in terms of uh, uh, Embedding these rights uh, among the people, but there is no freedom in the Constitution of violence uh, Demonstrations or protest there is no freedom uh, uh, of uh, uh, burning people's cars and everything like that, but it it must be the freedom which respects other people's rights as well.
1: Let's talk about without other people's necessarily rights
0: interfering And also the-
1: just to acknowledge that the violence in this case w- was against the protesters. They were the ones who experienced the fatalities. But let's talk about the rights of others um, and, and turn to another case, um, a crackdown on dissent. And this happened in May, when three female opposition activists were on their way to participate in a peaceful protest organized by the opposition. They were reportedly stopped at a police checkpoint in Harare, subsequently abducted by state agents, tortured, sexually assaulted, a very high profile case in your country. Is this what opposition leaders can expect in your country? They've subsequently been arrested themselves. They haven't even received an investigation into what happened to them.
0: Sarah, you must be very careful when you make uh, these uh, assertions, because in the first place, we we are in the COVID period. And because of the COVID, you cannot have demonstrations of uh, or assembly of over fifty people uh, in town. Now, if you breach back the law in that regard, and you then uh, cause danger to the rest of the population in terms of COVID infections, it means you are affecting other people's rights to life, which is not in a, which is not appropriate. And the other second issue is that. Uh, you, you you believe at the moment uh, uh, that state security agencies uh, abducted uh, those uh, women, but this is a matter which is under investigation, and Mr. an Mr. interim report has I- actually been produced, has, has actually been produced by the Minister of Home Affairs, which articulates clearly that uh, this could be leading to one of those issues which is stage managed towards a particular international or regional event. Okay, but you, the tell, United is Nations is calling place. for
1: their release. It, it's, it's also not my assessment. It's my the assessment of the UN. But uh, I'd just like to ask you, generally speaking, because uh, international NGOs, they describe a lack of political will when it comes to instituting reforms in your country. I'd just like to quote Human Rights Watch. It says the following. Zimbabwe's failure to decisively deal with cases of abductions, disappearances, and torture severely undermines the standing of the country within the Internet. community. The country needs to end impunity if Zimbabwe is to be respected. Failure to do so undermines the country's re-engagement efforts with the international community. How can you possibly convince the international community that Zimbabwe is open for business when these assessments are so damning?
0: I appreciate that. But, uh, Sarah, you must understand exactly where these are being propagated from and where they are coming from. Mainly the opposition in this country has got uh, this strategy of attracting attention by stage managing events which should attract the international uh, 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 community's eyes and concern. And in reality, when there has not been any of such an abduction, The example is Magombe, the doctor, and even the current ladies is something which is under investigation, which I don't want you to uh, continue really uh, delving in in it. But I can assure you that uh, we have made reforms, and these reforms are are taking place. You are aware that the West has been very concerned about uh, uh, the the, the, the POSA, and that POSA has been repealed. The West has been uh, concerned about AIPA, and that IPA has been repealed and there is progress in reforms and uh, we are saying that these reforms are not necessarily being uh, undertaken for the, for the sake of uh, the, uh, uh, the international community or the western uh, uh, capitals but they are also being done for the benefit of our own people so that they should benefit our own people and uh, this government the second republic
1: Zimbabwean foreign has minister been
0: genuinely pursuing
1: Zimbabwean foreign minister yes. Sibosiuso Moyo we have to leave it there thank you for joining us on conflict zone
0: thank you Sarah.